Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to today's edition of the Boss Builder Podcast. I'm Mac Monroe, the Boss Builder, and I want to take some time to actually go through questions on this podcast. And so today I got a really interesting question, and it's actually a fairly common question, and it goes like this. Dear Mac, how in the world do I motivate a person that doesn't seem to have any motivation whatsoever? This is a common question. This is probably a question you wrestle with, even if you've never voiced it to someone. And so I thought I'd take some time today to answer that question. The first thing we probably need to do is to go to the show notes on this show and go ahead and download the handout. And the reason is, is that I have a really good model that I think talks about human motivation. And I believe it goes a little deeper than some of the stuff you might get in a college program. But the best part is it's very practical. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and grab that handout, print it out, open it up. And what you'll see is a really colorful model. And that's a model of motivational drivers that I use when I do a lot of my workshops. And I think it'll help you as you're thinking through how to wrestle with this question. Now, first of all, it's important to note, if a person appears to have no self-motivation, that is not true. Everybody is motivated by something. And the second thing it's important to consider is when you look at that three-legged stool of great performance model that I use in all of my material, and if I haven't done so, I'll do a podcast on it, when a person is not performing well, there's, there's three reasons why that could be. Either they don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to do it correctly, or they just don't want to do it. And in this case, we're going to talk about that middle leg of the three-legged stool, and that's that I just don't want to do it. So if you look at the model, you'll notice in the middle of it, there is a definition for motivation. And it says this, motivation happens when a person gets what they need when they need it. Think about a day that you've been out working and it's hot outside and all you want is a drink of water. Nothing goes right until you get that drink of water. And at that point, then suddenly you feel okay and then you're ready to go do something else. Motivation is the thing that kind of drives us. And so if you can understand what a person is motivated by, then if you give them that thing, theoretically, the motivation should happen. Now, in terms of the enforcement of motivation, the best analogy I ever heard, and I use it now all the time, is that you kind of have two ends of a spectrum, right? On one end of the spectrum, you have a state trooper. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have a mall cop. Now, both of those are people in positions of authority, but they both have a time and a place. If you are at the ATM late at night and there's some shady character behind you, you probably hope the state trooper drives up. But if you're on the interstate going about 20 miles over the speed limit and notice a car in the median strip, you really hope and pray that that thing actually says mall security. And you know, you as the boss have the authority on either end. In some cases, it's gonna be important that you drop the hammer and you're actually going to be that really, really uh, punitive state trooper. And other times it's going to be a matter of listening and offering up suggestions using a, f a softer form of authority. And as you look at the model, notice the inner ring has food, clothing, shelter, basic human needs. When a person's having issues outside of work, there's a very good chance their work production's not going to be good. And so it's important to always be observant and, and ask a person how things are going. 
and it would be a, a statement or a question like this. Hey Joe, I've just been noticing lately that your work production isn't really up to its old standard. Help me understand what's going on. Now notice in that question I'm not doing any accusations. I'm simply stating what I'm observing. And maybe Joe says something like this. Well, I don't know if you knew this, but I just found out my mother-in-law's moving in with me. Well, that could make somebody's day really, really bad. And so right now it's affecting Joe and he's not able to get his work done because his mind is on this. You see, if we can make adjustments in that just tone of inquiry, we'll probably have better rapport with our employees. Now, there's nothing you can do to make Joe's situation with his mother-in-law better. But, you know, if people have issues outside of work, at least engage them and let them talk it through. In some cases, if a person's having financial problems, health problems, relationship problems, that's definitely going to impact work. And if your company has an employee assistance program, that is when those resources are best used. And so if you do have that, make sure you keep those numbers and that access handy when somebody comes to you and has some out-of-work issues that impact in-work issues. Beyond that, though, you have a lot of other choices to figure out why a person who knows what it is they need to be doing doesn't feel like doing it. If you look at the colorful model, we're going to start at, imagine this like a clock, so we're going to go ahead and start at 1 o'clock, and the first driver up there is what we call the need for clarity. Now, it's important to note here that everybody will have some of these, but some people will have a lot of one or two, and as I walk you through these, maybe even see if you can identify which ones do it for you. The need for clarity means I'm motivated if I can see the bigger picture and I can understand the bigger picture of what I'm doing. There are some jobs that are done and they're basically kind of mindless jobs. You do something repetitively all over and over and over and there are some people that enjoy that. They don't want to have to think about it. But there's also people who really want to know that what they do has a significant difference and impact on something larger. And if that person is doing kind of that repetitive job, you're going to find the motivation levels go low. Now, this doesn't mean you're just going to have to change the job for the person, but at least have a conversation about what their development would look like. Maybe they need to think about a more strategic position. And as their boss, part of your role, of course, is to develop them. Now, the second driver is legacy. I often hear from my clients, particularly those that are sort of long-term legacy employers, that I've got some individuals that are a couple years out from retirement and I can't get them to do anything. And you know, that kind of goes like this. Hey Joe, let's say Joe's, I don't know, 61. Hey Joe, when are you going to retire? Oh, I got three years, four, four months, two days, and four hours and I'm retiring. And that's very typical. But unfortunately, sometimes I see that they're just kind of phoning it in until they get to the end. And a lot of bosses just sort of give up and say, ah, it's just Joe being Joe, just wait him out and he'll retire. But you know, if you're protecting your house, that's not acceptable. And so one way to appeal to motivation might be to legacy in a conversation like this. Hey Joe, when you retire, how do you want to be remembered around here? And Joe's probably going to say, I could care less what people say when I'm gone. I could care less. But you know, here's the truth. I think, I think he does care. And it might be good to say, you know, remember when Sally retired, you guys were talking so bad about her. Is that how you want to be remembered? Well, I really don't care how people remember me, but, but he does. It might be good to just sort of pursue this. You know, what are some things that we could do in your last couple years here where you could really leave a positive mark? We really need your expertise. And maybe that's the only shot you have. 
The alternative, of course, is that you just let him do what he does, or you drop the hammer on him, and, and then you really ruin the guy's life. It's kind of going to be your choice, but at least appeal to the legacy. Third driver would be power. Power means I just want to be in charge of things, and there's nothing wrong with this. But if a person feels powerless, then they're not going to be engaged. And so a conversation might be about, in terms of future growth, maybe a move to supervision. For some, it's competence. They're very motivated if they are seen as being confident, competent and valuable, but also the fact that you respect that competence. And so when they don't feel that, you're going to see the motivation levels drop. Competence really is, 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 a, is a valuable thing to have in your workforce, but if you have somebody driven by it, they can be sometimes hard to handle. Of course, you want that expertise, and so it might be something as simple as asking for their opinion or putting them on a challenging project that's definitely in their wheelhouse so they can really flex that, that, that muscle they have of being fully competent. For some, it's respect. Respect we define as being taken seriously. And if a person feels like you don't take their ideas seriously, their opinion seriously, their work output seriously, they're going to they're gonna shut down on you. And, and this is a term that's thrown around so much, I'm disrespected or don't disrespect me. But once a person feels disrespected, it's very hard to bring them back. And so you might have to engage them in a conversation and say, help me understand what happened that made you feel like we didn't take you seriously. And it, it could be as simple and difficult as that. For some, it's money. And there's nothing wrong with being motivated by money. Just don't assume that money is the only thing. And money sometimes is the first shot of somebody crying out saying that they they want something. So, you know, Joe may say, hey boss, I want a raise. And you say, okay, well, how come you want a raise? Well, I feel like nobody respects me around this place. Well, see what Joe's just told you is that he doesn't feel like people take him seriously. So his way of feeling like he's being taken seriously is to get more money. If you engage them in a question about, you know, what's most important to you, you might be able to say, well, money is certainly one option. Right now, as you know, we're having a hiring freeze, which means a lot of the wages are frozen. But what if we were to sit down and take some of your ideas and let me run them up to senior management and see if we can get some traction? Then, you know, the respect thing might be taken care of. Just don't assume everything is about money and money solves problems. The, the other driver next to it is job satisfaction. This means that I enjoy my job so much I would do it for free. Um, that's not always going to happen, but maybe a person would even be unmotivated or appear unmotivated if they were being paid very well, if they just didn't like their job. And maybe this is even you as the boss. If you dread Monday mornings, this role is not giving you job satisfaction. It might be time to rethink it. But sometimes job satisfaction is more important than money. Next to that is pain avoidance. And this is sort of the other hammer that most bosses drop. If I can't pay you more and you don't get in line, then I'm going to just punish you. And that's what pain avoidance is. I'm, I'm going to do it because if I don't, it's too painful. All right. Pain avoidance and money are not the only tools in the toolbox. So broaden it up a little bit. Uh, another driver is inclusion. I feel motivated when I feel like I'm part of the team or I'm part of something very special. Sometimes people who are who have left maybe involuntarily other organizations where they'd been there for a while have this profound sense of loss because they belonged. I see this a lot when I work with transition military people. They may bitch and complain they didn't like the military, but once they're out they miss that. They miss being a part of something. They miss being able to be viewed 
at a distance and have people know exactly what their pay is and their career is. And once that's gone and you blend in, it can be very challenging. And, and so maybe one thing to do as the boss is during your orientations, make a person feel at home as quickly as possible because you don't want to lose them. For some, it's a personality alignment. And in a future podcast, I'll have some guests on that really talk about personality. And I'll show you why this one, where the personality is aligned with the job, creates a great sense of motivation. We'll talk about that at a later date. For some, it's just a simple appreciation. It's a thank you. It's being told that you matter. It's being told that I value you. And that doesn't cost anything. But a person that's driven by appreciation would almost take that over a $25 Starbucks gift card that you just happen to throw on their desk. Appreciation says, I feel valued because you told me that I matter. That's something very simple. But again, for the person that doesn't feel respected, appreciation may just be a small piece. So it's going to be a matter of you getting to know your people. For some, motivation happens when they have predictability. Predictability means every day is going to be pretty much the same. The problems won't be much different than a typical day, and that makes me happy. Well, a lot of organizations I work with are undergoing lots and lots of change, and so this tends to rattle a certain group of employees. And what happens is that you've basically taken their very stable, comfortable world, and you've shaken it up. And now this predictability is gone and every day may present unknown challenges. Now, if you're the kind of person that thrives on that, you probably say, what is wrong with these people? But if you're the person that likes predictability, that's a bad deal. Again, knowing who your people are, engaging them in conversations can help you really deal with this better. For some, it's equity. It's the sense that I wanna be treated fairly. And, and for some people, this is a big deal. If they feel like somebody's making a little more money than they are and they are not nearly as good of an employee, they melt down. And so again, sometimes fairness is nothing but a perception, but that perception is the absolute reality in the, in the eye of the person that perceives it. So you have to take it seriously. The last one on our chart here is core values. Now, human beings all have core values. These are things inside that have been developed over the years through their growing up, through maybe their religious background, anything, but it defines the things that they will and will not do. Those are their core values. And, and organizations have core values as well. And what in a, in a functional good organization, what they do is they very clearly they lay out, here's the things that are important to us, and these are the standards we're going to hold you to. And basically, if you are here to be a salesperson, our corporate value is integrity. You may be our best salesperson, but if you undercut the other salespeople and you do things that are unethical, you're not going to fit in here. If an organization's values and an individual's values align, we have a perfect match. We have perfect harmony. But where there's a disconnect, you're going to have a person that acts out, and they may not even be aware that it's happening. It's just that they can't feel like when they come to work, they fit in. And if they are asked to do something that goes against their personal values, that really bothers them. And the way they're gonna display it to you is that they're just not gonna do stuff anymore, which is going to make you think that they have no motivation whatsoever. When in fact, they're highly motivated. Right now, there's just a disconnect with the values. You know, if you're the boss in an organization, it's very important that you learn what those core values are. 
and you talk to those core values and you live those core values. And then as you're hiring new employees in your behavior interview questions, make sure that you're bringing up scenarios that bring in those values so you can measure up and see if a person could get around and embrace those values. And if not, it's going to be a long, tough road. Well, that's, I think, 13 different drivers plus the inner ring. So going back to the question, how do I motivate somebody that appears to be unmotivated? Well, first of all, everybody's motivated. They're motivated by something. It's going to be up to you to figure out what that is. And once you figure out what that thing is, reframe your request through one of those lenses. But if it comes down to the idea that no matter what you do, they are not going to want to do the job, then it's time to move on. And I would say do it as quick as possible. This is a part of protecting the house, and that's a big job that you have. I hope that answers your question, and if you have other questions, in the show notes, the handout, you'll see my email addresses right there. You can email me directly. That's mac at thebossbuilders.com. Send me your question, and I'll go ahead and answer one or several on future podcasts, giving you the answers that hopefully you're looking for. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you on the next edition of the Boss Builder Podcast. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.